Welcome to Commune, a global wellness community and online course platform featuring some of the world's greatest teachers. We are on a mission to inspire, heal, pass down wisdom, and bring the world closer together. This is the Commune podcast, where each week we explore the ideas and practices that help us live this healthy, connected, and purpose-filled life. In addition to our courses on yoga, meditation, and personal development, Commune also offers an array of social impact courses, including Unwinding Prejudice, Redefining Leadership, and Organize a March. If you are interested in enrolling in any of those course offerings for free, please email me at jeffk at onecommune.com. So some of you may read my weekly Sunday Commusing article that explores culture, politics, and spirituality. I have taken to recording these screeds as bonus episodes for this podcast, and today I share with you a piece entitled Walking Among the Divine. My name is Jeff Krasno, and welcome to Commune. I am hiking the canyon loop, hunting ideas. I am edgy due to the constant ominous rustling in the brush along the path. Lizards darting, rabbits bounding, thrashers thrashing, rattlers slithering, imaginaries lurking. Nature welcomes home, a long lost cousin, resting me from thought into the precarious present. This experience Man wandering through the wood alone, senses sharpened, is old. For a moment, there is little that seems to separate me from the hominid forager ambling in East African savanna 70 millennia ago, except she walked among the divine, sharing her footpath with woodland gods and an occasional drunken satyr. Her tribe worshipped local deities that governed fire, rain, and the moon, neighboring clans had their own provincial spirits. Moreover, she felt inextricably connected to her surroundings, so much so that she shared a spiritual essence with the rock on which she stepped and the leaves that brushed her face. With the decline of animism and the rise of Abrahamic traditions, God retired from earth he moved to that putting green in the sky, slipped on a robe, grew a hipster beard, donned a Merlin's cap, and absconded from the earthly plane. This cleaving of the material and the mystical altered the way we understand and treat our worldly artifacts. We often perceive objects in the physical plane as devoid of divinity and, by extension, disposable. Can you imagine the mystical wonder a Bic lighter might have inspired a million years ago as Homo erectus sought to domesticate fire? In your mind's eye, envision the tribe huddled in awe around this neon yellow tube of plastic encased butane jabbing at its flint, agog as the flame springs forth. 
a gift from the gods. It lies upon a hollowed shrine, guarded assiduously by the bravest warriors, now available in a four-pack for 99 cents, discarded mindlessly along with plastic water bottles, party cups, straws, takeout containers, bottle caps, gift wrapping, coffee cups and lids, food packaging, plastic cutlery, outdated iPhones, antiquated stereo systems, drawers of cords and adapters, all whirlpooling around a gyre in the Pacific Ocean twice the size of Texas, out of sight, out of mind. These artifacts of modernity are produced with the uniformity and efficiency that capitalism selects for. They signify almost nothing to us. In many ways, our climate catastrophe is rooted in a self-authored story. In our quest to understand the nature of reality, give our lives meaning, and establish structures of ethics, we concoct mythologies, the authorship of which we often attribute to the supernatural. The widespread acceptance of these myths become our inner subjective understanding of the world, and through them, humanity maintains a semblance of order. Our Abrahamic scrolls gave humans dominion over nature and animals, useful authority for the agricultural revolution. This axiom is dubious, not just because humans are quite literally animals of nature, but also because it is at odds with our own experience of spirituality. Our epiphanies, our brief moments of divine connection, so often occur when we are re-immersed in nature. But is there nothing sacred in the material? What about that hand-carved hearthstone my daughter gave me to pack on long trips, or my late grandfather's naval dog tags, or the heirloom locket that carries the bleached images of my immigrant story? Think of the dress your mother seamed and hemmed for you, how precious and irreplaceable it is. Consider the connectedness it holds. She made it especially for you with all its oddities and imperfections. When you wear it or just look at it, she is in the room with you. Now, consider the dress sewn in a Chinese sweatshop on a rack at Marshall's for $9.99, hung beside a hundred frocks just like it. It's a standardized commodity made by someone completely anonymous. It elicits nothing. A material objects can be sacred and embody the divine when they are unique and interrelated, when they hold a story. Envision your sacred space, the place where you write, pray, or meditate. It's not littered with plastic tchotchkes. Perhaps there's a photo there of your grandmother or a family treasure she gave you when you married or graduated. Maybe there are the mala beads you wore on your pilgrimage to Rishikesh or the novel you dog-eared when you hit rock bottom. Better yet, visualize your ideal sanctum where you would be able to excavate and bury your soul. How much more deeply could you plumb the depths of your creative or spiritual self if you were to animate your surroundings with real value? And what if we were to inspire the mundane? Can we alter our habits such that the contents of our closets and refrigerators more closely resemble the intention of our altar space? Skylar nearly fainted the other day when she waltzed into the kitchen to find me making my own oat milk. Admittedly, Phoebe had emptied the pre-packaged version and I was desperate for an iced coffee, but it really wasn't that difficult. 
And I savored that homemade ice latte as if I were sipping the sacramental wine from the Eucharist cup. Often the only sacrifice we must make to feel a greater sense of connectedness is convenience. We are so concerned with losing time that we misspend it. The circle of my hike is closing and I laugh at myself. Nature is not rustling about me. I am the raucous interloper here, trudging heavy-footed through a forsaken habitat, forgiving enough to still welcome me. If we are to pursue spiritually rich, globally sustainable lives, then we must dispense of the dualism that separates the realms of the sacred and the material. We must hand-stitch them back together. We must eschew the disposable and value the unique the necessary, and the objects that become the artifacts of our personal story. The entire physical world must become our altar space.